This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If you were to try to characterize the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, is there one word that would come to your mind? Well, you say, well, Jesus Christ was a man that, that loved people. And, and that's true, isn't it? He was a man that loved people. But Jesus Christ was a great teacher. As a matter of fact, Jesus is, is a great, was a great teacher. It's a, in John chapter 7, it says, Never man spake like this man. No one ever taught like Jesus. And, and, and on and go, go, people go with the ideas that, about things that are characteristic of the life of Jesus. I believe there's one word that characterizes his life and that's the word compassion, compassion. Today we want to talk about compassion. We want to talk about a heart of compassion. Please stay tuned. Now today we offer a free Bible correspondence course. And I'd like to emphasize the course is free. And we would like for you to have this course that you might know more about it. That you might know and understand how to receive it. We'd like to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to read one passage of Scripture today, but I want to read it four times. Now, that's not because I'm trying to be repetitious, but I'd like to read it each time out of a different translation of the Bible. I'm going to be reading Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12. I want to read it out of the King James Version. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God... Holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Now I'll read the same passage, Colossians 3.12 from the New King James Version. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Now the same passage from the American Standard Version. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a heart of compassion, kindness, lowliness, meekness, long-suffering. And now the fourth ver translation is the English Standard Version, Colossians 3.12. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience.
All four of these translations are really saying the same thing. And that is we should, as God's people, have hearts of compassion. What do we mean when we use the word compassion? W. E. Vines, in his Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, defines compassion like this, to have pity, a feeling of distress through the ills of others, to suffer with another, to have mercy. And then in Nelson's Dictionary of Old Testament Words, uh, compassion is defined as to be merciful, pity. And then Webster defines compassion as a deep feeling for an understanding of misery or suffering and having a desire to alleviate it. Compassion, compassion. God is a God of compassion and how thankful we ought to be that he is. For example, in Deuteronomy, the 13th chapter, and in verse 17, the, this is what Moses wrote. So none of the accursed things shall remain in your hand, that the Lord may turn from the fierceness of his anger and show you mercy, have compassion on you, and multiply you, just as he swore to your fathers. So God is a God of compassion. And then in 2 Kings, the 13th chapter and verse 23, but the Lord was gracious to them and had compassion on them. Then in 2 Chronicles, the 36th chapter and verse 15, and the Lord God of their father sent warnings to them by his messengers rising up early and sending them because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. So we see all of these verses are telling us our God is a compassionate God. Then in Psalms, the 78th chapter and verse 38, he being full of compassion forgave their iniquity. And so God is a forgiving God because he is a compassionate God. And then in Psalms 86 in verse 15, but you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious long-suffering and abundant in mercy and in truth. So God is not only a compassionate God, he is full of compassion. And then in Lamentations, the third chapter and verse 22, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. His compassions fail not. So God is compassionate. God is a merciful God. God is a, is a God who has pity on people. But Jesus Christ, is the compassionate Christ. And I think of all of the terms that would describe his ministry on earth would be the word compassion. For example, in Matthew, the ninth chapter, in verse 36, 
The Bible says that Jesus was moved with compassion. But what moved Jesus to have compassion? He saw the people wandering about as sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus was compassionate. I've often thought that as the Lord looks down from heaven on high and he sees the aimlessness in the lives of so many, people who seemingly have no purpose, no aim in their lives, that he's moved with compassion on them. And his desire is that someone lift up their eyes and look on the fields and go and teach those who need to be taught. In Matthew chapter 14 and verse 14, Jesus saw the multitudes and his move with compassion. And then it says he healed the sick. In that case, Jesus had compassion when people were sick. And if there's a time that we need to show compassion is when people are ill, when they're in the hospital, when they're sick at home. And then in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 32, Jesus saw the multitude and they were hungry. And Jesus was moved with compassion. And we ought to be moved with compassion to know that there are people that go to bed at night without enough food to eat. It ought to disturb us. It ought to cause us to want to do something about it. And so Jesus had compassion. Then in Matthew chapter 20, and in verse 34, there were some blind men that, that were, came to Jesus. And Jesus had compassion, we're told. And he touched their eyes and they could see. The record says that immediately they received their sight. When the Lord healed people, he didn't say, now your sight will begin to get better. No, no, that's not the way Jesus healed people. There's a woman in the congregation at Somerdale who's had surgery on her eyes. And one, the doctor says, your eyes will get better over a period of time. Recently, I said, can you see my finger? She said, I can see it out of one eye. But if I close the other one, I cannot see. But the doctor says, in time, her sight will come back. But that's not the way Jesus helped people who were, who were having problems of a physical nature. When Jesus healed them, he healed them immediately. There are so many areas in which we need to be showing compassion today. We, well, like Jesus, we need to have hearts that are filled with compassion. And like Paul wrote in Colossians 3 and verse 12, that we need to put on compassion. We need to have a heart of compassion. In 1 Peter, the third chapter, in verse 8, Peter, by inspiration, penned this short passage. Be you all of one mind. Now that's harmony, that's unity. Having compassion for one another. Think what a different world it would be if all people everywhere would wake up tomorrow and start showing compassion for their neighbor. If they would start showing the compassion that Jesus showed to other people. 
We need to have compassion for little helpless children. It ought to break our hearts to know there are children that, that are, are helpless, that don't have that proverbial silver spoon in their mouth. They don't have everything they want. As a matter of fact, they don't have enough to eat. They don't have the clothes they need to wear. They don't have good shoes on their feet. They, they, they may be having problems in their homes. Oh, I know their children are misused and abused today. We see that on the news. We see over in the, in the Mideast where ISIS is, would even kill little children, behead children. I, it, that's beyond my comprehension. And that ought to cause us to weep, to weep. And, and, and so we need to have compassion for helpless children. Jesus loved little children. We, we teach the children in Sunday school to sing that song that Jesus loved the little children of all of the world. And he loved them because he's a compassionate Christ. And we need to love them. And they need to know that we love them. Jesus said, Suffer the little children and forbid them not to come unto me. For of such is the kingdom of heaven. And if we want to be right with God, we've got to have compassion for children. Children mean the world to God. Absolutely. Abraham had a child by a handmaid by the name of Hagar. And the son's name was Ishmael. And because of friction in home with Abraham's wife, he sent Hagar and Ishmael away. But he sent them with provisions. When the provisions were gone, she sat down to die and she put him an arrow shot away from her and he was going to die as well. And the lad was crying, whimpering. No doubt he was so hungry, thirsty. And the Bible tells us in the book of Genesis, God heard the cries of the lad. God heard the cries of that boy crying. He's a compassionate God. Jesus is compassionate. And I often think that God hears the cries of children today. Little children that go to their beds at night, wherever that might be. I read about a mother in one country that would bed her children down at night on the sidewalk. She'd get newspapers and have the children to sleep on those newspapers at night. God heard the cries of little children. And we need to be compassionate about little children. We need to do everything that we can, number one, to set a good example before them. Number two, to provide what they need. Number three, to make sure that those children are not abused physically, that they're not abused sexually, that they're not abused in any way. We need to have compassion on little children. We need to have compassion on people that are in need. And there are so many people that have so many different needs. 
Little children have needs, but older people have needs as well. And we need to have compassion. And we need to be moved to compassion to the point that we'll help to alleviate whatever need that might be. Jesus told a parable once. But before Jesus told that parable about the man called the Good Samaritan, he had been asked, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, it's to love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor. And then he was asked, who is my neighbor? And then Jesus told about a man who went down from Jericho to from Jerusalem to Jericho fell among the thieves. And he was left by the side of the road half dead. And along comes a priest. He passes by on the other side. Along comes a Levite. He passes by on the other side of the road. I sometimes refer to those as the preacher and the assistant preacher. They didn't have time to stop and to help the man who was bleeding beside the road. But here comes along a Samaritan. That's a man that the average Jew would not even want to associate with. But he stops and finds this man bleeding half dead, the scripture says. And he tries to tend to the man's wounds. And then he puts him on his beast of burden. And he carries him to the inn, instructs the innkeeper to take care of him. And then Jesus said, in answering the question, who's a neighbor? He said, who was a neighbor to the man that fell among the thieves? And this lawyer that asked Jesus this question was so biased, he couldn't say the Samaritan. He just said, he that showed compassion on him. The man that had mercy on him, the man that had pity on him was a neighbor. And then Jesus said, what I want you to do, I want you to do, go and to do likewise. We need to have compassion on suffering Christians. You know, Christians will suffer. 2 Timothy 3.12 says, All that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And we may be in America not suffering persecution like uh, some in other parts of the world are suffering. There are Christians in the Ukraine, for example, that are, that are suffering, greatly suffering, unbelievable suffering. There, there are Christians in other parts of the world that are, that are giving their very lives rather than surrender their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's suffering. And we need to have so much compassion for those that are suffering. You say, Brother Lambert, what can I do about it? I can't go overseas. I can't do it. We can pray for them. We can ask God to help them and to alleviate the burden that they're enduring, to help them in the midst of this fiery trial that they are experiencing. And then we need to have compassion for people that are in trouble. You know, some people just get in trouble. Sometimes it's with the law. They get in trouble. Well, now, what attitude am I supposed to have about that person? Am I so supposed to stand off at a distance, you know, and criticize them and say, you know, I knew they were no good? What kind of an attitude should I have? I, I think the story that Jesus told in Luke 15 tells us the attitude we should have. He told about a man who had two sons, and one day the younger said to his father, I want my inheritance. 
So that the father divided unto them his living, and not many days after, the younger gathered all together, and, and he took his journey into a far country, and there he wasted his substance in riotous living, and, and when he had spent all, he began to be in want. And so he went and he joined himself, the Bible says, to a certain citizen of that land. And that citizen sent him into the field to feed the pigs. And he fain would have filled his belly with the hus the swine did eat. And no man gave unto him. He, he was so low now that he would have eaten the pig food, the slop in the pig pen. And while he's there in the pig pen, he comes to himself and he said, begins to reason like this, now what servant in my father's house has food enough to spare and I'm perishing hunger. hunger. He said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to arise. I'm going to my father and I'm going to say to my father, father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no more worthy to be called your son. I just want to be a hired servant. You see, he knew the servants were well taken care of. Well, eventually he comes home, and the father sees him coming down the road, and he ran, and he fell on his neck, and he kissed him, and the boy started repeating the confession he rehearsed in the pig pen. I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. And the father said, I want you to bring a robe, and put on him, bring shoes, put on his feet and put a ring on his finger. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's make merry. My son is home. But let me tell you what the Bible says was in that father's heart. When he saw that boy coming down the road, the Bible says he had compassion. His boy was in trouble, wasn't he? But he had compassion. Sometimes young people get into trouble. Here's a boy that, that gets out and he, he does things that he knows that he ought not to be doing. He gets caught. He's in trouble. Now, what are you going to do with a lad like that? Why not have some compassion? Here's a young girl goes out on a date and it's not long until she learns that she's going to have some boy's baby. A boy she doesn't even love. She's going to have his baby. What attitude are we going to have? Are we going to talk about her? Are we going to shun her? I believe Jesus would have us show compassion. You see, we need to have compassionate hearts. At all times, we should have compassionate hearts. We ought to have compassionate hearts to people that have needs in their lives. I want you to listen to a couple of verses in the third chapter of 1 John. This, this is verse 17 and verse 18. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother have need and shuts up his heart of compassion from him. How does the love of God dwell in him? John goes on to say, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Say, you know, we ought to help people, but do what you say you ought to do and show that you love people by having compassion for them. If we some, see someone who's in need and, and we can help them, if we have a compassionate heart, 
we will do what we can to alleviate their needs. We ought to show compassion for the teeming multitudes of people in our world that are lost. That's why Jesus was moved with compassion in Matthew chapter 9. The people wandering about as sheep without a shepherd, they needed the good shepherd. People today are aimless. They don't really have a purpose in their life. They're what Zig Ziglar used to refer to as a wandering generality. They're just wandering around, have absolutely no idea where they're headed and where they're going. But one of these days, these wandering sheep are going to be in the judgment alongside of us. And they may say, well, why didn't you mention him to me? Oh, we need to have compassion for people that are lost without Jesus. They need to know about a God that loved them enough to send his only begotten son into this world, that he would die on the cross for them. But we need compassion in our homes today. Absolutely. Why don't we start practicing Matthew 7, verse 12 at home? Whatsoever ye would that men should do unto you, do you also unto them. Why don't we start treating other people like we want to be treated in the home? That helps in the development of a compassionate heart. It was because Jesus had a heart of compassion that he went to Calvary. It was because he was a, a, a Christ of love, a Christ of mercy, of grace, of compassion, that he allowed, allowed wicked and lawless men to crucify him upon Calvary. And he died to save you from your sins. He tasted of death for every man. And would you show your love for him by believing on him with all of your heart, by repenting of your every sin, confessing your faith in Christ, by being baptized into Jesus for the remission of your sins, be added to the church by the Lord, and serve Him all the days of your life, and live a life of compassion until the Lord calls you home. I want to urge you in the closing moments to visit the Church of Christ in your community. I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ and also pick up the telephone and call for the Bible course. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.